two English majors walk into a bar is created by immature adults for other immature adults. Listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Two English Majors Walk Into a Bar, a literary comedy podcast. I'm Kathleen Brumbach. And I'm Christian Lutz. I would definitely do opium with Oscar Wilde. I would get arrested with Oscar Wilde. (laughs) Worth it. People used to tell me I talked about books too much. And now you drink about books. (laughs) Is it time to get lit? Let's get lit. The coffee just hit. (laughs) Congratulations. I literally, we took like a teeny tiny break before jumping back in here to record. And it hit. I'm so happy. (laughs) You can be awakened up for the both of us then. Exactly. So tired. Uh, I was dragging and then this cup of coffee, it it did me right. (laughs) I made the mistake of packing my coffee maker. So it is halfway between here and my new apartment. So I have been drinking a lot of Starbucks. How is it halfway? So like the coffee maker is here at the old apartment. um, Yeah. And then the coffee is at the new apartment. So no, crucial mistake. I know. I'm going to rectify that mistake tomorrow, but for today, very little coffee. Oh no. It's just that. I'm just in my I'm getting a whole new coffee maker. If you want a yeah. free one, I you can have <laughs> No, mine. I want a new one too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Time for that fancy coffee. Yes. Oh, we can't live without it. Mm-mm. Who are we? What are we? Are we here to talk about oh, coffee? Yeah. Is this a coffee um, podcast? <laughs> it should be. <laughs> um <laughs> We are two English majors walk into a bar. A literary comedy podcast. Yay! Awesome. Awesome. Uh, That's Christian Lutz. And that's Kathleen Brumbeck. Yes. We are former English majors, always English majors. You know the drill. We're here to bring you excitement (laughs) and laughter. Exactly. And drinking games. Yes. Most importantly, drinking games. Uh, we're bringing you the, the English class you always wish that you could have taken in college. (laughs) I think we talked a little bit, I mean, per usual, uh, we planned our topic today, um, (laughs) via text, uh, (laughs) and we knew we wanted to do something like fast and dirty and something lighthearted because what did we do? Did we do last month was... Last was the Christmas Carol. Yes, the Christmas yeah. Carol. Yeah, that I was a good all one. All of you have watched the Muppets Christmas Carol now. If not, get on it. If you didn't watch Muppets Christmas Carol, too late. You got to wait until a whole nother year. Yeah, a whole nother year. It's ridiculous. So we are, we're jumping in with some, like, I, I don't know. Like, at first I thought it was like, oh, this is such a like weird, disjointed topic. But now I feel like it's like totally cohesive. <laughs> The, Christian just took a drink of her beer. And I'm like, you know, the more we drink, the more, the more we this think makes this sense. <laughs> yes, the more it sounds like a good idea. Just like life, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're we're covering um some poetry today, mm-hmm. and it's poetry that we find funny. So, like humorous poetry, and you know, I assume that we're probably going to be talking about how. Like humor finds its way into poetry. And uh, one thing that I found when I was doing some research, trying to find something that was a little bit more lighthearted, 
I found a ton of plays because obviously that's my wheelhouse and a ton of satire, but we've already kind of covered that with Modest Proposal. So I was like, okay, well, what else, you know, and it's actually kind of hard to find like comedic poetry out there. I mean, I feel like if you know the right places to look, it's not, but yeah, if you're not, if you're not into poetry, it can be a challenge. I, I found a ton of stuff that was hilarious, like definitely belongs in, you know, like everybody is like home coffee table books and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's probably not something that we like read as a part of a literature class. And that's at, true. Like, yeah. Yeah. In college, you know, so like I wanted to find something and then, then I was like, oh my God, you know, what's funny? Scandinavia. Scandinavia is just hilarious. <laughs> exactly. It, it's hilarious. Uh, and <laughs> I, I, so a little bit of backstory about uh, why I chose my topic, which is Scandinavian riddles. I was, I have talked about this before on the podcast. I was a part of the um, academic English competition team, I guess, in high school. And one year, our topic was Norse literature. And so the riddles, obviously, we read uh, Beowulf, as Christian knows. She's only read it like 750 times. Yeah, too many. Um, yeah. 749 so, too many times. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we read Beowulf. We read all the like accompanying texts to Beowulf. And my favorite part was the riddles. And I didn't really like fully grasp how like cool they were in high school. Then I got to college and there was a class I took that was all about Icelandic literature. I think it's hilarious that this is, I I did not take anything like this, (laughs) like at all. I've never read, this is all new to me. (laughs) Wait, you're, I don't hear you. Is that me? Did I do something? I don't know if. Oh, I hear you now. Oh, okay. All right. Well, hopefully the recording picked everything up. Uh, if not, I'm just going <laughs> to let the entire audience uh, believe that I said something profound and wonderful. Mm-hmm. And we just missed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just won my uh, Nobel Prize for literature uh, and everybody just missed it. Yeah. Not 10 seconds. <laughs> That's exactly. all it took. But yeah, I, this was, I don't know, just like a huge part of my life in high school and college. And I the, I can't remember the professor's name, but she was a visiting professor at Indiana University that taught the Scandinavian literature class. And she was so fascinating. And, you know, she had a lot of like really uh, like cool hot takes on American literature as well. And yeah, she was amazing. And I didn't know. I, I was just so I was the, just such a dumb kid from Indiana. I didn't realize. You still are. It's okay. We love you. <laughs> you can take the dumb kid out of Indiana, but you can't take the Indiana the dumb kid. I feel like it's you can't take the dumb Indiana out of the kid. That's more accurate. The dumb Indiana. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, at least I went to the right school. Mm, that's a lie. <laughs> it is accurate. It's the most accurate <laughs> thing I'm probably going to say in this entire episode. I... I just really, really loved uh, the entire class. Like we we went through the whole like Snorri Sturlson. Not sure if that's Snorri? how you say Snorri. I don't know. I already told you. <laughs> it's all you're new like, to me. Mm-hmm. You're like, ah, oh, yes, I knew him well. 
Yes, we are best friends, Snorty and I. <laughs> I can definitely confirm that that's how you pronounce the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not only was the class cool, and we I learned a lot about like Icelandic um, and Viking uh, literature and history, but I was finally able to like expand my mind as some random country bumpkin kid from Indiana. So <laughs> that's what it took. Icelandic literature. Yeah, Icelandic literature. I I still remember to this day that like the reason we speak English instead of French, along with I'm sure lots of other factors, is because the Normans. Not sure if that's the group, but like the the winners of the Battle of Hastings in 1066 is the reason that we sound the way we do. <laughs> the things that you know. Are you googling Battle of 1066? Yes. It's the Normans. <laughs> I was I, okay. So I remembered William the Conqueror, um, yes. and I couldn't remember what he had to do with it because my brain is so foggy. So, um, backstory and me sounding like a space cadet today. Um, I am moving, and also my house has been sick. We have walking pneumonia in my household. I don't think oh, that no. I have it that bad, but. Um, I was like, William the Conqueror, what does he have to do with it? So I had to Google because the internet is at my fingertips. Um, this this is truly the life of an English major of like, you hear like a date. And you're like, like, I know this. <laughs> yeah, I know that that's familiar. And it was so deeply important for like one midterm that I took yeah. in college. Like <laughs> I really needed to know this like name of this battle and this king and this date at one but point in my life. We have confirmed that it is correct. The Normans did win that battle. So you know things. This is why I was meant to take that class. It yeah, like look, all these, was worth it. <laughs> all these years later, it made me look smart on my own podcast. <laughs> but yeah. <Good> job. <laughs> yeah. Uh basically it would be like way too much to talk about all of Scandinavian literature, obviously. Um, but I wanted to start with a drinking game. The drinking game for this, uh, topic is going to be drink every time Kathleen attempts to say a, I, I don't even know what to call these words. I assume there it's edaic poetry or edic poetry. And I really wish I was drunk for this because it would be really, really funny, but like just an example the, it, it kind of looks like old English. So think Beowulf, but even more like Exciting. Norse. Yeah, Norse. Well, yeah, yeah. L- let's call it old English with a bit of spice. <laughs> we'll go with that. I'm sure that linguists love us right now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's so w- would you call this old Ger- Germanic, old German? Because it's not English. Know. It's Scandinavian, but Scandinavia, I did Google it. Uh, for, you know, all of our Scandinavian listeners out there, Scandinavia refers to Denmark, Norway, and Sweden, and sometimes, especially in this case, Iceland. So maybe we can call it Old Icelandic. (laughs) I'm I'm sure there's a more accurate term out there. (laughs) (laughs) I probably learned that term and like took a test. Yeah. <laughs> or like a, a midterm in college where I had to define that term. And I, Your English I professor remember. is out there shaking her head right now. I know. I know. Tragic. <laughs> but yeah, this language is, uh, 
is dense to say the least. Um, I chose to focus on Scandinavian riddles. Okay. Riddles were a huge part of uh, their poetic tradition. And mm-hmm. so um, getting like serious just for like a hot second to explain it. Um, it's called Edaic Poetry or Edict po- Poetry. And these poems were epic poems. So think the Odyssey or the Iliad uh, mm-hmm. from Greece. Yeah, Greece, not Rome. And these are coming to us from like way long time ago. Like we're talking, like I think I looked up like the Anglo-Saxon riddles, mm-hmm. which would have been after these. Or maybe kind of at the same time as these. And those are from like the year like 700. So like before the year like 1000 even. Which is just crazy to me. Um, that is crazy. Yeah, I can't believe it's 2023. I can't believe the 90s were 30 years ago. How can I wrap my head around like the year 700? <laughs> Obviously we can't. No. I'm over here knocking everything over as we're talking. So if you hear a loud bang, just ignore it. Yeah, just burn (laughs) shit down over there, girl. Yeah. You're going to be out of that apartment. Yeah. (laughs) So these are, uh, they're written in skaldic verse. It says, uh, yeah, skaldic. And it's like spelled cool too. It's like S-K-A-L-D-I-C, skaldic. That makes sense to me. Yeah. that See that right there? I think these people were like the emo kids. (laughs) <laughs> also makes sense they've got to yeah. exist somewhere yeah they were the vikings but they were also like the emo kids mm. of you know the 700s <laughs> uh the riddles in danish they are referred to as gaitar or geta are widely attested in post medieval scandinavian languages though the tradition Oral riddle fell, oh, oh, sorry, the tradition, uh, oral riddle fell out of widespread use during the latter 20th century, being replaced by other oral literary forms and by other tests of wit, such as quizzes. Mm. So there you go. Priscilla, there we go. I'm just reading the Wikipedia for this is like super teeny tiny itty bitty. Okay. But are you going to, are you going to tell us any riddles? Do we have to figure any out or is that not oh, part yeah. of this? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, yeah, no bitch. Oh, you just, you wait. I'm so bad at riddles in English. So yeah, no, this will be exciting. Basically these riddles that we have that are not the Anglo-Saxon riddles, but they're the Scandinavian riddles. Mm-hmm. They come from everybody get ready to drink. Uh, a section of the Icelandic Hervarar saga, Ok Hydrix. Were those words? It, yeah, I promise you. If you look at the Wikipedia, <laughs> it says exactly that. Okay. Um, so these Old Norse riddles come from that text, and we have several different manuscripts of that text. So uh, it talks about the god Odin. So I feel like we we know that from like Avengers, right? We know about that, like Thor and Odin yeah. and Loki. So we've got all these characters. There's 37 riddles that we have across all these manuscripts. And <laughs> get ready to drink again. Though a riddle also appears in Jarlar Jon's saga. 
And all the all these like epic tales, they're called sagas. I'm pretty sure that's where we get that word from. That would and make sense. Three three medieval riddles are about birds. First attested in a part of the manuscript Reykjavik Stolfnun Arna Magnusar Magnusarnar. And then it's got Reykjavik. <laughs> yeah, Reykjavik. I do know how to say that. I do know how to say that. Um, but that's all the way from like 15, the year 1500. Mm. So yeah, so we're, we're going from like the year 700 to the year 1500. And that's then, gap. yeah. And then they were, um, they were kind of like written about and first kind of like uh, thought of as like literary or important to literature uh, when they were kind of rediscovered by this guy named Bjorn Jonsson in the 17th century. And so let's dig in to the riddles. The riddles are um, about, like, basically the answers to a lot of these riddles are Odin. Like, they're just describing... That's my nephew. What? Yeah. That's his name? Oh my yeah, God. his name is Odin. So he is a god. He knows it. <laughs> they're all about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way back in, way back in, like, 704 yeah they were writing they already knew he would exist yeah 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 so these uh riddles are typically about odin or when they're not about like a god and like a god's uh kind of like majestic power they're about really mundane shit like the answer will be like snow or someone just banged on my door really loud give me one second oh no don't get murdered i won't it's some part of that out all right yep or, I am or, not, That's what or not maybe i'll yeah. just be lazy <laughs> we'll see but guys i did not die that is the bottom line well, christian and no is one's alive. at my door so yeah christian what if it was me it was probably you if you can make that much more noise i would be impressed <laughs> it really did sound like they were like banging down the door but i think they just dropped something heavy on my door oh no yeah no one big yikes so uh i think oh yeah I was talking about the answers to a lot of the riddles are Odin or something to do with Odin. And then when it's not Odin, it's something really mundane, like water or snow or pigs. Hmm. So yeah, something to keep in mind. And we think like why these are kind of like culturally important is because number one, they are written in verse. So we see that, you know, like people of this time period really cared about like this poetic tradition. And it was a way to, we believe it was a way for them to pass along a literary tradition that was, I I think we kind of have the assumption that like Vikings are all about sailing in boats and like pillaging Mm -hmm. far away lands and stuff like that. But I, one of the like huge takeaways that I had from all of my classes about uh norse literature was that it's actually just as complex if not more than you know shakespeare and surprising (laughs) no it really was surprising to me because i i don't know i just i did not expect that time period like i always associate it with like the dark ages Mm, yeah and i'm like oh well that time period must have been very like uh not very rich in literary fanciness fanciful (laughs) not a very fanciful literary um time period whereas we think of 
the Romantic period uh, in England and France, and I'm sure a lot of other parts of Europe as being like King Arthur and like the Knights of the Round Table and like, you know, very fancy and French. <laughs> and and we don't think about it as, um, or we don't think about the Vikings as having that type of literary tradition when they actually really did. And these sagas are, they're very convoluted, but they're very funny and they're very interesting and very, um, I don't know, cool to read about what. <laughs> Update on the saga in my apartment. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but apparently whatever happened is outside my apartment behind the cops and my neighbor just like marched down. So I live in the like garden unit, right? They have the windows along the alley. The cops and the and the only reason I'm comfortable saying that is because I don't live here anymore. Um, <laughs> but the cops and my neighbor, who's like the groundskeeper kind of person, just like marched down yelling at someone. Are, are they coming to arrest you? Is it you? Probably. They're like, those bitches are talking about Norse poetry. <laughs> Can they not get their shit together? Five minutes, guys. <laughs> and now I've uh, officially made it too difficult for you to edit that out, probably. So... Exciting stuff for our listeners. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. I love it. I'll keep you updated if I see things from this comfort of my loft apartment. (laughs) You better. You better. Perfect. Oh my God. Well, honestly, we we should write like a a riddle about uh, moving and just like the stress of moving in general. I almost considered um, having us do an episode about moving because I'm sure there's something out there. But then I was like, that's a lot of work. I know. I don't think I could survive it. Not right now. Not again. <laughs> but, but Vikings, yeah. we can survive. Yes. Well, no, we probably cannot survive the Vikings. <laughs> like they, they were terrifying, but they were also very, they were terrifying, but they were so tender. They mm-hmm. were so romantic with their poetry. So yeah, I don't know if a lot of it uh, really translates properly, but to give us an example, I'll read it. it uh, this is one of the famous, I'm not going to say exactly what it is because I don't give it away, but this is a uh, famous example from Hydrix Saga. And the whole point of Hydrix Saga, or kind of like the plot of the story, it has to do with a man who is, I think, noble. And then for some reason, he's condemned to death. He's going to be executed. And okay. this King Hydric is going to execute him. And then the man, I guess, makes a plea to Odin to save his life. And then Odin disguises himself as the man. And he approaches King Hydrix. Everybody drink. Um, I don't know how to say Hydrix. <laughs> he approaches Hydrix and challenges the king to a uh, like game of riddles. And it's like actually really high stakes because he like tricks Hydrix and then Hydrix dies in the, like a sword falls on him and kills him in the end. Yeah. a lot These sagas. Yeah. They're like brutal, like just as brutal as you would expect like Norse mythology to be. It makes sense. Romantic, but brutal. Yes. That's why I liked it so much. Mm -hmm. That's why I liked these classes so much. (laughs) I think we've uncovered the mystery. Uh, Thank you for this therapy session, everyone. Um, You're welcome. I'm a wonderful therapist. (laughs) Yeah. Christian's a therapist and everybody else is just like the audience. Yeah. (laughs) They're in training. It's fine. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So this 
example, um, I, I, I don't want to give it, I don't want to say the title or they don't really have titles, but this is one of the riddles that Odin is challenging Hydrix to, to see okay, if he can well guess it. Just, yeah, read it to us. Okay. I'm going to read it in English. And then as if it's going to help at all, I'm going to try to read it in, um, old Norse. It might not help. It'll be pretty entertaining. <laughs> so in English, the riddle is four are hanging Four are walking. Two point the way out. Two ward the dogs off. One ever dirty dangles behind it. This riddle ponder, oh, Prince Hydric. And then everybody get ready to drink. In what I'm going to call Old Norse, it is Fjorir <laughs> Henga. Fjorir Henga. Svair. Veg visa tvair hondum varda ein eptir dralar ok jafnen heldar sugrar hydric kunungar hai goyu at gutu. So that made a lot of sense, right? Yeah, good job. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think it is? So we, we've got these numbers in here for our hanging, for our walking. Two point the way out, two ward the dogs off. One ever dirty dangles behind it. The riddle ponder, O Prince Hydric. Appendages? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're, you're actually, you're on the right track. <laughs> Feet, hands, paws. <laughs> you're on the, yeah, you're okay. So something to do with animals. Definitely. Okay. And then what's like the most mundane, boring animal? Dog? I don't know. I feel like that's a that's a matter of opinion. We need to talk about interesting animals sometime. <laughs> Episode dedicated to interesting animals. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh think farm animals. Is it a pig? No. Because you said those come up a lot. <laughs> it's not a pig this time. Um, I think one of the, the key the the key phrase is actually the first one, the four are hanging. <laughs> is it a cow? I don't it is utters for our hanging and it's like titties <laughs> so like you're meant to think it this is why these are funny it's like at the very beginning of the poem you're meant to think of titties and you're meant to be like four titties who's got four titties <laughs> I don't understand how they keep the dogs at bay but that's a they're like scared of dogs cows to ward the dogs off Two point the way, two ward the dogs off. It says, uh, this is kind of like the description in the Wikipedia page yeah. of the riddle. It says, the cow has four udders, four legs, two, oh, two horns. Oh, okay. Two back legs and one tail. Okay. The other is the so-called, oh, oh then the an example of an Odin riddle is one, uh, it says, who are those twain? That 10 feet run, three their eyes are, but only one tail. The riddle ponder, O Prince Hydric. So that is an Odin riddle, but the answer is actually a variant of rider and a horse riddle. Hmm, interesting. So a cow riddle and then an Odin riddle. Those are like the two most common. And then... Just to close us out, uh, fun fact that I think everybody who maybe like pop culture, uh, topic and like pop culture connection here. 
that everybody has probably either seen or heard of is this uh, kind of like structure. And, and it's a very like that uh, skaldic poetry and like the Edaic poetry structure is very specific. And like uh, these are if you can kind of like picture like um, a scan of a or, or a scansion of a poem with the stressed and unstressed syllables. These are used in like lots of modern poetry, like this structure. It's very, very complex. And um, like the imagery is so, so specific and vibrant. And one of the famous places it's used is by uh, Tolkien in the Lord of the Rings series and in The Hobbit. And specifically in The Hobbit, which was like near and dear to me as like a high school student, I think I really got into The Hobbit because I took that um, that course. It was like an after school course type thing for the academic English hmm. after school thing that I participated in. Um, I, I got super into The Hobbit because of that uh, that class. And <laughs> there's a part where. Gollum challenges and it's even in the movie like the third mm-hmm. part like god those movies are so long the third part <laughs> of the hobbit movies where Gollum challenges um Bilbo to an actual riddle contest just yeah. like Odin and Hydric interesting yeah. and it's very high stakes because at the end of it like somebody could die we should yeah. do that at bars christian <laughs> death is the only option yeah i just want to say that i'm usually pretty bad at riddles as we saw today so um i don't think that i should be your partner in this yeah we would die immediately instead of challenging people to a duel you challenge people to like an old norse riddle contest yeah a riddle off (laughs) and one of my guesses will be right because i know it's generally odin or a pig or a cow or something you know right right or water yeah yeah I love it. <laughs> yes. Well, I hope that there's somebody else out there that's also fascinated by Scandinavian literature like I am and the complexities of like their poetry and the complexities of their sagas. Like I would take a Scandinavian Icelandic saga any day over reading the Odyssey. Or Beowulf. Well, Beowulf. Okay. So this I mean, is technically, where... but what? <laughs> Yeah, because like Beowulf, I really, we need to like consult like an actual like literature professor. We need a guest star. (laughs) I know, I know. We need to consult somebody because I need to know where Beowulf fits in. Because that was like hella long time ago. Was it before these poems? I can't remember exactly when Beowulf was written. See, all of the times that I read Beowulf and I don't know. Um, When was, I'm Googling. (laughs) Let's find out. I want to say yes, it's before 700 to 750. Yeah. So some of them before some of them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, that's when like these were written like all the way from like 700. And I think the literary tradition existed until 1500. Mm -hmm. So hundreds of years. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. Cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess a final, final quiz to close us out. Let's see. Wikipedia page is so small. It's hard to like, Ooh, I've got a good one. Okay. A good one. What modern day countries make up Scandinavia? Iceland, Norway, and Sweden, right? There's one more. Oh, there's one more. So it's a tiny one. It's I, I almost I almost I went to film the school there. My oh my god, my brain is fogging. I don't know. 
I got they, uh, 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 oh, this is fun. This, uh, the, there's, uh, bicycles, <laughs> lots of bicycles and, uh, Amsterdam. Um, how am I, what is wrong with my brain today? <laughs> Guys don't get sick. This is what uh, moving does to you. God moving in like my life. Um, Netherlands. Oh my God. The Netherlands. <laughs> Netherlands. Huh? Oh my, I'm stupid. Amsterdam okay, is in the Netherlands. <laughs> Oh, I'm stupid. Never mind. <laughs> All right, now wait, I'm Googling Scandinavia. What are the Nether the Netherlands are like Holland, right? Norway, Iceland, Finland is what you were thinking of. No, I was thinking of Denmark. Okay, let's see. Scandinavia is a northern part of Europe. I Googled this. Denmark, Norway, and Sweden. So I was wrong. I just got thrown off by the Iceland conversation. In there. <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know geography. I don't know all. anything. Ask me my name today. I don't know. I'm really not I, sure. That's well, why no, I had to tell says, you Kathleen's instead. I think it's because Google <laughs> lied to us because over here it says Denmark, Norway, and Sweden. But then when I click on this thing, it says Norway, Sweden, and Denmark. The term Norden refers to Denmark, Finland, Iceland, Norway, and Sweden. Mm. But none of it says anything about the Netherlands. But I, I 100% thought that Amsterdam was in Denmark. So I'm dumb. <laughs> this is why we don't travel. This is why we should travel. And also not try to do full-time jobs and move and all of the things at the same time. Because your brain just melts out your ears and then... That's our brains are in each other. Yeah, we can remember our own names. Our brains are in Iceland right now. They're somewhere. It's not here. <laughs> All right. Should we take our break? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right, see you in a bit. Bye. Bye. And we're back. <laughs> yes, we're ready for some more uh, words that don't make sense. Yay. Um, these ones were never intended to make sense. But what I think is interesting about this, before I tell you what it is, what I think is really interesting is that if you are a person who can like picture what you read, which not everyone is, but if you are, I guarantee that you imagine something as you hear this. So before I announce what it is, I'm going to tell you my drinking game. <laughs> I'm so excited. For every word that you can understand or visualize that does not exist in the English language or did not prior to this poem, drink. So there are a lot of them. I hope you're ready. The Lay poem, it on us. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a 30 second summary. Oh, I have a good one. Okay. A boy goes to kill a monster and then comes home. With <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's like the most like monosyllabic words possible to yeah. describe what will be like the most syllables packed into verse in a poem. I like yes. it. Yes, it's necessary. Um, okay, so we are today, we're looking at the Jabberwocky. It is a nonsense poem written by Lewis Carroll um, about the killing of a creature, the Jabberwock. If you've watched the movies, you're semi-familiar with Alice killing the Jabberwock. Well, actually, I don't remember if she actually kills the Jabberwock in the movies or not. I don't know either. All I remember is, um, so this is a deep cut. If you were growing up in the eighties or nineties, there was a really terrifying, like live action. Oh, uh, yeah. Alice, do you remember this? Yeah. It was like, um, it was in the same vein as the 10th kingdom when they were doing those like, uh, short series, they did like the 10th kingdom. And then there was one like about leprechauns that I always liked. I I'm not going to lie. I may own the 10th kingdom on Blu-ray. 
but the Alice in Wonderland one I've never been able to find. It's terrifying. You can find it on YouTube. Mm. I I unlocked so much childhood trauma from uh, <laughs> rewatching because like I forgot that it existed and I forgot yeah. that it was Alice in Wonderland and I forgot that it was the Jabberwocky. And then Wait, one day is it I- the one with um, Zoe Deschanel? That's Wizard of Oz. So. Never mind. That's not Alice. Yeah, Wonderland. that's no, a different this... one in the same series. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, this was like mid '80s, I want to say, and to mm. me, it always it always fell in the same category as like the Labyrinth movie with David Bowie because it was kind of like very like it felt very Dark Crystal. Yeah, and it was scary as fuck. Um, confession: I watched Dark Crystal for the first time this year. Yay! So. It's never too late. No, it's never too late film education um okay so uh the jabberwocky poem is from through the looking glass which is a sequel to alice in wonderland um it tells alice's adventures back to front world within the back to front world of the looking glass world that's what it says yeah and Um, that jabberwocky scene from that movie is like next level i'm still scared (laughs) you're still terrified yeah it haunts my nightmares um, so this probably haunts Alice's nightmares too. Um, so she is she encounters like the chess piece characters, White King and the White Queen, and um finds a book that is in an inintelligible language, but realizes that it's from she's in an inverted world. So the pages are written in mirror writing. So she basically backwards. She has to hold a mirror to the reflective verse in order to read it. And she This has happened to me several times when I've been drunk. Yeah, that makes sense. You just can read backwards when you're drunk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you you know you're drunk enough when you can confidently read backwards. So one of the things I love about this poem, I used to use this when I taught, because this, so often we think that language is static uh, and that the way that we we change words is negative. So one of the things, here's a great example, how I just said negative. If you listen to the way that women our age talk, it is so different from generations before us. There's a scene when Harry met Sally where she's like, this is like an entire generation of cocktail waitresses. Um, (laughs) And I feel like that describes the way that we talk very well. (laughs) I mean, I think that maybe like one of the biggest uh, movements in, uh, as I speak with only my BA in English, uh, in you know, literature, the biggest movements in literature of the 20th and 21st century is recognizing that language is fluid. It's always changing. And, but I think you know, scholars know that people who have been studying language know that when a language stops changing, it dies. Yes. So we want our language to change. I think that it's become more accepted for language to change in younger generations. But I will also say that it's always been very accepted in younger generations. We are the ones who invents what well, we are not young anymore. Christian and I invented all of modern language. Yes. In case anyone was wondering. That is definitely bet. Um, (laughs) Okay. So this is going off on a little bit of a tangent, but my book is like book. My poem is super short. So this is okay. My favorite slang that is relatively new that kids say now is yeet. But I love when little kids say it. Like my four-year-old nephew, Odin likes to say yeet and chuck things across the house but it just i don't know why it just cracks me up because yeet is everything it's like i'm gonna yeet it what does that mean i'm gonna throw it i'm gonna smack it i'm gonna hit you like it any of those things (laughs) yeah i i oh god i I love bet as well yeah (laughs) and yeet yeet never really did it for me but like it's so funny when you hear a preschooler say yeet 
<laughs> so anyway, um, this is a, a fact that I have to say because it's just, uh, it has nothing to do with the poem except for where it was written. A decade before Alice in Wonderland was published, Carol wrote the first stanza of what would become Jabberwocky in Croft on Tees, which is close to Darlington. Not Darlington, Indiana, where I grew up, but still. Wait, is it like name. going back to our uh, epic knowledge of geography? Is it Darlington, England? I believe so. Darlington, like, England, yes, is a market okay. town in the borough of Darlington, County Durham, England. Oh, good. Thank you, Wikipedia. Oh, good. Thank God Wikipedia has our back because God <laughs> we know knows. Nothing. I mean, yeah, God knows. I would we're assume over here. that like, it was Amsterdam in is in Denmark. <laughs> that was not my fault. <laughs> I, I will accept all of the blame there. I, I, there, there, I'm sure there's somewhere in Denmark that's cool. It's but, not Amsterdam though. <laughs> I'm sure there are lots of places, but anyway, so circling back, I love teaching this. I loved reading this out loud to my students because it's playful. It's funny. And there are words that we use today, kind of like Shakespeare, where he just made up words and we use them. Lewis Carroll did the same thing. And it's, I think it's a great like evidence of how language can not just change and grow, but it can also show you random words that make no sense can build a picture in your head. Exactly. Um, like all those super long German words that are, you know, like named, like Schadefreunde, that are naming things that are kind of like feelings that we have yeah. as like a society or a culture that they recognize in like a big, long German word, but in English, we don't have a word for it. And yeah. it's like, but you can oh. still describe it. And not just that, but like if you were, okay, twas brilling and the slivy toads, toves did gear and gimbal in the wave. Tell me you don't have a visual picture of that. Like there Hell is yeah. like a mental picture and those words mean nothing. <laughs> like not only can we describe really like strange feel feelings and some languages even have concise descriptors or words for those but you can completely make up a whole like i mean he made up a whole vocabulary and then you can use that to tell a story and to assign feelings to for other people and that just is crazy to me it's just i don't know it's cool how the human brain works this reminds me of um one of our earlier episodes where we talked about uh clockwork orange yeah. And, uh, oh, what's it called? Like, uh, what's the language in Clockwork Orange? I'm Googling. While you're Googling that, I'm going to tell you what Alice's, uh, ex or Alice's feelings about this poem were. Um, she said, it seems very pretty. She said when, I'm going to read you this clip, sorry. It seems very pretty. She said when she had finished it, but it's rather hard to understand. You see, she didn't like to confess even to herself that she couldn't make it out at all. Somehow, <laughs> it seems to fill my head with ideas. Only I don't exactly know what they are. Have a, have a bit. <laughs> Sorry. Are you however, having a seizure? Apparently. I can't say the word however. However, <laughs> somebody <laughs> killed something. That's clear at any rate. Oh, see? She's just over there, you know, solving crimes. Somebody killed yep. something. I mm -hmm. don't know what happened. But, uh, you Original know. Murderino. <laughs> exactly. I honestly, I think that was just Lewis Carroll being like, uh everybody this is a mic drop moment i just killed it in yeah. this literary verse <laughs> beautiful i really don't know what to say about this did you did you find the thing you were looking for 
I did. It's called okay. NADSAT. And it's the the like language that the teenagers use in the dystopian world in a clockwork orange. And it Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's just like where they talk about how they're gonna go do ultraviolence. So they are using like English, but it's also very closely related to um like they're not pulling from any like other languages to make like a new yeah. language. But it is very much slang invented for the novel mm-hmm. or the short story. And it is very much based in like a Cockney, uh, the Cockney dialect, which, Interesting. yeah, that's super cool too. Because uh, going back to the Jabberwocky, I've also, you know, like just scrolling through YouTube or whatever, I've heard people um, read the poem with an English or a Scottish accent. I always want to read it with a Scottish accent. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, yeah I, I I just think that's really cool. Yeah, and it, it really changes it. Like the words hit different. Mm-hmm. I also think it's interesting that um the one word that stands out to me is I know what it means. I'm sure you know what it means, but it was invented through this poem is chortled, 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 like chortled. <laughs> yeah, he chortled in his joy, but like that has a, a meaning now. But it was invented in this poem oh. all the fucking time. <laughs> and without Lewis Carroll, we would have nothing to describe that with. I'm sure someone exactly. else would have invented a word, but it wouldn't be that cool. The first time that the Jabberwocky, well, the first stanza of the Jabberwocky was published, um, he p- printed it in Mishmash, a periodical he wrote and illustrated for his family. Um, he used like the Y with the E up top, a Y form like a of the page. word the. Which is That's supposed to be the word the. Yeah, well, it's a faux medieval lettering of the relic of an ancient poetry and is printed in modern characters. Is that ancient poetry, the Scandinavian poetry? I think it's ancient English poetry, but probably somewhere in there. I don't know how far back it goes because reading the thing, I I clicked on the ye form, um, reading the Wikipedia, uh, Middle English is where, but it's like the one that looks like a... um, like a P almost, you know, P-E. Dude, how did we do this, Christian? How did we do th- I'm looking at it right now. It says etymology, like like the Y, like so Y, so Y yeah. plus like a little E. And then I'm looking down here and it talks all about Oh, Norse. you're right. Yes. Oh, Look at us tying this shit together. My like- God, oh. there's no <laughs> way. There's no way we could have like done this. We... <laughs> I don't know how to tell our listeners, do not play advance. And yet we're somehow... Flying by the by the seat of your pants is the best. Um, yes. It's how we go through life as English majors. Um, we plan ahead and then we forget all of our planning and we say, you know what? Never mind. Let's just see what happens. Oh my God. It works it... best when you're doing public speaking. <laughs> yes. 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 When you run into a dead end or you paint yourself into a corner, you just keep painting until it's a nice yeah. little. And then eventually like, a wall is there. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, or an elevator and you get the fuck out. So you've eventually you've got a Picasso. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is crazy. It's uh, like the it. old Norse Ian. Yeah. Uh, Ein. Ein. Ein? Uh, because Ein? It, it would be like the germ uh it talks about Ein. the german one e-i-n is ein in german so Ein. like okay um 
uh, uh, Ich bin ein Berliner. Oh, okay. Which is grammatically I'm... incorrect, but he was trying to I say, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Look at us tying shit together. I'm proud. But my, I, <laughs> this whole thing, my favorite, uh, and everyone knows this phrase now because of the movie, but oh, frab just day, kalu kale. I think that was always my favorite. Yes. I like the beginning of it. I'm, not, I'm just going to like go to the poem now. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm on the poem. It's really not long. Would you like me to read it to you? Oh, um, yeah, I would. <laughs> see, see how many words I stumble over since I can't say the word however. Um, <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Twas brillig and slithy toves did gear and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the boar groves and moam the rathsal grave. Beware the jabberwock, my son, the jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware the jubjub bird and shun the frumulous bandersnatch. He took his vorpal sword in hand, long time maxom foe he sought. He rested he, so rested he by tum-tum tree, and stood a while in thought. And as in uffish, in uffish thought he stood, the jabberwock with eyes of flame came whiffling through the tulgi wood, and bur- burbled as it came. One, two, one, two. And through and through the vorpal blade went snicker-snack. He left it dead, and with its head he went glumping back. And hast thou slain the jabberwock? O oh, come to my arms, my beamish boy. O oh, frab just day, kaloo kalay, he chortled in his joy. T'was brillig in the, and the slithy toves, did gear and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the boar groves, and moam the wraths out grape. Yes. It's oh hard my to God. Like, read because I feel like the words I just don't, you know, you don't recognize them. Like I can I can literally picture something in my mind, but reading it is a little bit stumbly. Right. Right. Well, and like I think um something that I, I always kind of have in the back of my mind as an actor, specifically <laughs> like approaching Shakespeare, this this reads very kind of like uh Shakespearean to me in the way that it's um I know that I was before we started recording, I was trying to like, there's this word that I like cannot think of. It's a literary device. If you are an English major out there and you know this word, <laughs> please let us know. Uh, email us at two English majors at gmail.com. Um, Someday we'll check it and we'll see what you say. <laughs> yeah, it's like where you it's an onomatic onomatopoetic device. So like an onomatopoeia, but it's where you uh, form the word in your mouth. And it creates a very specific, um, it it creates a sound, obviously. That's Mm -hmm. how talking works. Um, It creates a sound and that sound like elicits an emotion or it elicits, you know, like one thing that turns out to be another. So similar to like malapropism um, where you like think one thing and it's it's almost like crunchy in your mouth. So like twas Hmm. brillig and the, I've always said slyly toes. Should I is say it, it wrong? Slithy or sly? I, I mean, there's I don't no think way it, to I don't it. know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Slithy, I think, is the way they say it in the movie. Slithy toes. I also think it's interesting that um, the definitions of the words, so possible interpretations of the word, which I think is funny because it's only possible interpretations, but a <laughs> lot of them go through quotes from the book, like Humpty Dumpty comments that gimbal means to make holes like a gimlet. Um, oh, and like there are a lot of Humpty Dumpty defines a lot of these words throughout the book. Like Mimsy is flimsy and miserable. And like I just think it's it's interesting that he tells the story of the poem and then goes on throughout the book 
to um, define all the words yes. and give them meaning. I that's that's what I love most about Alice in Wonderland. Even though I know, like Lewis Carroll, I, he's complicated now. I'm sure he <laughs> he had some issues. Um, <laughs> Drugs were one of the many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drugs and possibly uh, like we we don't exactly know like what uh, precarious nature like he writes about children in in his literature Mm -hmm. um so that's that's a little bit controversial now um but i do love this poem and i love just how the poem like a lot of shakespeare requires you to really like use your mouth to chew the words yeah you know like you you can't just passively read this poem you have to like really get it in your mouth and like it has to sound a certain way mm-hmm. and oh my gosh yeah oh, i love it grab just stay yeah <laughs> okay um so i know that was a very short piece and we can keep chatting about it but my quiz what is the town where okay bef- before alice in wonderland was pu- published before through the looking glass where was Lewis Carroll when he wrote the first stanza of Jabberwocky. Oh, this was the one. Okay, I'm not looking. This it was not in Indiana, but it was in England. It's not uh Darlington. Near Darlington. It was Craft oh, on Dar- Tees. Craft but- on Tees. What? <laughs> That's what it says. But he was close to Darlington. It's in the civil parish of oh, Richmondshire. Craft on Tees. Sure, sure. Yep, in your North Yorkshire, Richmondshire. I don't know. Um, North Yorkshire, you know nothing. Johnson. But yeah, but uh, Darlington was nearby, and I just think that's great because that's where I grew up. So, but Indiana, not England. Oh, why? How wild would it be if it was in Indiana? We did have Ben Hur was written at in Crawfordsville, which is really close to where I grew up. Fun fact. So Crawfordsville, Croft on Tees. Darlington, England, Darlington, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Too We're many one in the same. Yeah. yeah, too many similarities for me. Honestly. I'll be writing the next Jabberwocky, the Jabberwocky of our generation. <laughs> I'd have to pick up a pen first, but you know, <laughs> it's possible. It'd probably be like a found poem. You know, the ones where they make you do in high school where you get all your teen girl magazines and like cut out the words and paste them together. That's going to be my version of the Jabberwocky. It's going to have the word bet in it so many times. Wait, you moved too much and your mic's not working again. <laughs> it's when Kathleen gets very animated, her mic decides to not work. It's, oh, this is just a temporary mic because I'm moving. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay. Oh, no. I'll try not to move, but I, I am I am just absolutely slain by the Jabberwocky of our generation. Yeah. That one we made okay. up of tabloids. Of tablo of tabloid <laughs> um cutouts. Yeah. And uh, it's art and literature. <laughs> one of the one of the words definitely it has to play. Uh twas twas basic and the slithy yeats. It's a start. It's a we start. Ha- we have to uh, like uh, we, we oh, need to make up at least ten words, like, like completely a- make up. Yeah. Oh my okay, this this will be our homework. To come up with like the first stanza mm-hmm. of the Jabberwocky. We gotta work bussing in somewhere. Oh, twas 
bussing (laughs) my so my favorite my favorite comment with the word bussing and every time someone says it now this is what I think of this little girl was talking about a breakfast at school and she goes bacon doobie bussing and (laughs) I just gotta work that in there somewhere (laughs) bacon doobie bussing Bacon do be bussin. And then the response from the other kid was bussin bussin. So bacon is bussin. Yeah, I, I I think the the jabberwocky of our time or of our generation is bussin. Yeah. Um he gets yeeted. <laughs> the jabberwocky that's gets it. yeeted by a kid. And that's bussin bussin. And that is bussin bussin. <laughs> Say no more, fam. <laughs> I feel like we sound so old doing this, but it's also hilarious. <laughs> are old christian you are 35 getting there that's okay you're 67 so it's <laughs> yeah yeah i i am a different age every time but you are perpetually 35 <laughs> oh my god to to rewrite this i feel like we have had a lot of particularly in our comedic episodes we have decided we are rewriting a lot of things um yeah. at some point we have to go back and make a list and possibly do that at the beginning of the pandemic, I think I sent it to you and moves at the beginning of the pandemic. I rewrote the, um, I would eat his heart in the marketplace. <laughs> you <scene>. did. <laughs> yeah. I just spent my time rewriting Disney songs and I wrote, uh, only one of them down and it was a really offensive Dr. Seuss, but yes. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I will not publicly publish that ever, but it was entertaining. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So do, uh, we already did our quiz. I'm scrolling through the Wikipedia page. For... There's a lot here. Surprisingly, there is a lot here. Also, the yeah. movie that you saw had to be older than the 80s because you've what? got the Jabberwocky. If it had the Jabberwocky in it, there's a Muppet movie in the 80s. No. According to Wikipedia, it was a TV series. So we should look that up because you know how I feel about the Muppets. And then there was a musical group that did Jabberwocky lyrics. But I don't see a film after 1971. Also, another, this is, what's the name of this band? Um, I found the scene, but I don't see a year attached to it. But that looks like the 80s. I mean, it could be the 70s, but sorry, I interrupted you. Sorry. I can't remember the name of this band. I'm trying to think. I was trying to do a plug for a band. Now we've got to, you're going to have to send me that link. Um, Oh my God. What is the name of this band? I'm looking at my Spotify now because now I have to know. But there's a band that recites some of Lewis Carroll's stuff and puts it to music. And I absolutely adore it. Let me see. I can think of the name of one of their songs. So we're going to look. The While you're finding that, the one that I am thinking of is a TV miniseries from 1985 called Alice in Wonderland. Mm, why is, oh, I guess maybe they didn't do the full Jabberwocky or maybe like, or stands of it and that's why it's not in here no um, it it's just a scene and it's terrifying okay well i need to see this now but <laughs> so i'm gonna send, send it to you girl. Scene. i'll have nightmares tonight um and then the band i was thinking of was cosmo sheldrake oh they're just i love them they do uh, they do some the first one i heard was a lewis carroll poem written to music or put to music and they have some really just really good songs that are pieces of poetry put to music and very well done. So plug for that band, Cosmo Sheldrake. They're one of my favorites. Could you imagine trying to rap the Jabberwocky? <laughs> Someone needs to do it. I'm sure that it's out there. Have you seen uh, the Walk It in My Pocket? 
Yes, Christian, we have talked about this <laughs> multiple times on this podcast. I forget, but I love it so much. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, the, the walk it in my pocket has been so referenced. Walk it in my pocket. Walk it in my pocket. Uncounted amounts of time. <laughs> so that should be the next drinking game. That should be just like an overarching drinking game for this yes. podcast. How yes. many times long- does Christian mention the walk it in my pocket? Yes, absolutely. Yay! I think that brings us to the end. I think we just have to plug our social media now and then tell everybody where they can find us. The internet. Yes, we we are on the internet. That is where we live, not in the real world, only in the internet. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm Kathleen Brumbach on all platforms. And I am Christian Lutz on all social media. And together we are two English majors walk into a bar on all social media and also everywhere you find podcasts. So that's the internet. It is Spotify, (laughs) Apple, and all of those things. Yes. Spotify, Apple, those are the most popular ones. And then also like pod, bay, pod, bean, pod, pod (laughs) all of them. (laughs) Yeah. Pod day, pod night. Yeah. All of them. You can find us there. And thank you for listening. We love you all. We thought uh, this would be a funny episode and we hope that you think it's funny too. (laughs) Cause it's awesome. Yes. All right. Bye. Majors Walk Into a Bar is produced by Kathleen Brumbach and Christian Lutz. Cover art by Bobby Lutz and sound design by Matt Fletcher.